peace is what we're talking about today. The word peace, if you're familiar with it, a lot of times in the Old Testament, the word shalom, which you might be familiar with that, a lot of times it's said on Christmas cards or uh, signs. The Jewish people would say it all the time to one another, talking about, would peace be on you? During our time overseas, one of the things that was so encouraging and interesting to us was every time you would part ways from people, they would always say, may God's peace be on you. Part of the blessings they would give. I want to start with asking a question this morning. Don't answer out loud. Just think for a second. What actually is peace? What is peace? A lot of times, when we're defining it, we talk about things that aren't happening, bad things that aren't happening, and so thus we have peace. Words like, there's peace when there's no conflict, no contention, discord, strife, trouble, turmoil, unrest, upheaval, Stress, perhaps. And then these words really come to our mind when there's no fighting, no warfare, no more battles. I was looking around last night on the internet and I was looking to find out what people wish for. What do you wish for? Let's say you get three wishes and you don't get to do the thing where you get more wishes. You get three, that's it, be thankful. You get three wishes, and of course, as I was looking around a little bit, there were some funny things that people would wish for. But as I saw as it got serious, there were some reoccurring themes, one in particular, that people would wish for. Let me ask you for a second. You have three wishes. Serious now, on the heart level here. Three wishes. Three things that you could change in this world. What would they be? Think about it for a second. What would they be? Part of the themes that I kept seeing over and over again were that there would be no more sickness, disease, pain, cancer, AIDS, those type of things. Another is that there would be justice. There would be justice. As we heard earlier, that the, the system, there's things wrong with the system. And then usually, that there would be no warfare. That the wars would end and people would just love each other. Those sound pretty good? What do you think about those? Those are pretty good, right? I think ultimately, all those are tied to peace. And what's interesting is, why would we actually want those things? They haven't existed since the garden, right? Adam and Eve, back in the garden, think for a moment, they were with God, right? 
And they're walking around. And everything was at peace. What happened that brought a lack of peace? War. Strife, right? Sin. It's sin that ultimately causes the fact that we don't have peace. So what's interesting is, yes, Adam and Eve were there, but then they were kicked out of the garden, so they know what it was like to live with peace, but then they lost it. But the rest of us have never actually known a world without peace. Or a world with peace. We've always known a world without peace, but a world with peace, right? So it's interesting that we long for that. It goes back to, I believe, that being made in the image of God, and ultimately we know that things just aren't right. It's just not right. There's some basic philosophical questions that you can ask, that people ask all the time. No matter what culture they're in, no matter what language they speak, there's some basic questions that people ask. One of those is, why am I here? Why am I here? Not here. Here. Why do I live? Why am I here? Another one of those is why are things messed up? Why am I messed up? This is recognized across the world. Things are not right. Another question that people ask is around the world, can it be made right again? Can things be made right? Is there a way for it to happen? I think deep down, we all long for peace. Let's look at our text together. Starting in verse 25. These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you. Well, that's a weird place to start. Well, let me give you the context real quick. Just before this, Jesus says... He's promising the Holy Spirit to come and live with them, okay? We've talked about this a lot when we were in 1 John. Jesus is promising that the Holy Spirit... So Jesus is going away. I'm going to go away for a while, but I promise that I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. And I'm telling you this now. I'm not going to leave. (laughs) And you're like, oh no, what are we going to do? I'm telling you now, ahead of time. He's saying, hey, I got you. Don't worry. I'm going to leave. I'm going to give you my Spirit. Tells him while he's still with them. Kind of like when Heather and I are going to run out of the house for a few minutes, we... Tell the kids before we go where we're going, what we're doing. Here's the phone number to prepare them. This is to prepare the disciples and prepare us. These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you. Verse 26. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Part of the Holy Spirit's job is to help us remember the things that Jesus said, the things of the Word. That's part of what He does. He's our helper. Here's the main part I wanted to share with you out of this ver- these verses in particular. Peace I leave with you. Jesus is going and He says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. This is God's peace. Do you remember what Roy read earlier? Out of Isaiah 9, Jesus is the Prince of Peace, right? Other places he's known as the the God of Peace, the Lord of Peace. He's saying, I'm the Lord of it, I'm the Prince of it, and I say, I'm going to give it to you. 
I'm giving you my peace. What a nice gift. It's a great gift giver, right? Now again, we talked about this in Sunday school a little bit. What do you do to earn a gift? Absolutely nothing. You accept it. He's saying, I give you this. But look what he does. He throws this in there. And this is interesting. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. So right now I want you to see there's two sides. You guys get to be apparently today. There's worldly peace and godly peace. Now, don't mistake for a second. This worldly peace isn't really peace at all. It's a facade. This is real peace. This is godly peace, and this is the peace that God gives, that the Prince of Peace gives. So with this, I want to talk about three types of peace today. Three types of peace. The first one, if you'll turn with me to Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5, verse 1. It should be on the screen as well. So the first type of peace I want to talk about today is peace between you and your God. If he is your God at this point. Peace between you and God. This is the first. This is where it has to start. Romans 5.1 says this, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, made right before God because of our faith, right? Through our faith, because of the work of Christ, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Isaiah 53.5 says, But he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities, our sins. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And by his wounds we are healed. Realize this, the first one, the way to have peace with God is through Christ. Through his blood. That's it. There's no other way. So here's the thing. Sometimes we're talking with people. Have you ever heard this? I made my peace with God. Have you ever heard that? Someone say, well, I've made my peace with God. Let me encourage you for a second. If you're here this morning and that's your approach and Jesus isn't part of that equation, you have not made your peace with God. At all. It's only through Christ. Well, God and I have an understanding. If Jesus, if you saying... I'm worthless, I'm nothing, I'm a sinner, I need grace, I can't do anything good apart from your grace, please save me. If that's not the understanding, you're having a big misunderstanding. Big misunderstanding. That's the only way. That's the only way. What's amazing about that is it's available to everybody who calls out to the Lord. It's incredible. That's our first category. Pretty straightforward. Peace between us and God. It's through Christ only. That's how we have it, through his blood, as Romans 5.1 says. Now that we have this peace between us and God, we have his Holy Spirit living inside of us. That's part of what Jesus was talking about. We have his Holy Spirit living inside of us. So now, we're able to have these, second two, these last two and the second and third categories of peace. Galatians 5 
talks about the fruit of the Spirit. You familiar with the fruit of the Spirit? Right? We talked about it. Can we say it? Do we know it? For the fruit of the Spirit? Say it, say it together if you can. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Good. Do you notice one of those that was in there? Peace. Peace. So now wait a second. This true peace that Jesus is talking about, it's going to be connected to the fruit of the Spirit. What's the fruit of the Spirit? It's obviously what comes out of us as we have God's Spirit inside of us and as we walk in step with God's Spirit. That's what that passage is talking about. We're walking in step with His Spirit and what's going to come out of us is the fruit of the Spirit. Okay? Now, if we're a Christian... That, you have to be a Christian for that to happen, but there are times that we're not walking in step with God's Spirit, and we notice it with one another. I don't know why Heather just laughed like that. That's concerning. <laughs> Heather's my wife, if you're not familiar with that. That's concerning. Okay. So, got some things to work on. When you're not walking in step with God's Spirit, guess what? You don't love like you should. You don't have the joy that you should have. And you don't have the peace that you can have. Not the worldly peace, but that godly peace. What's interesting is James talks about conflict. So the second category, here we go, peace between us and God. Second category, peace with others. Apparently, we can have peace with others on this earth. (laughs) Doesn't feel that way sometimes. It really doesn't. But apparently we can if we follow the Scriptures. James says, the reason that we have these issues is because we have things that we desire, but we don't get them. And we don't get what we want. The desires we have, guess what? They become demands. I desire it for it to be this way, and I'm not getting that. Now I demand for it to be this way, and you're not giving it to me, so now we have an issue. We have a lack of peace. We have conflict. We have fighting. Part of it is we have a misunderstanding. We're raised in a culture, in a world that says, you can have it your way. Entitlement. You deserve it. Come buy this new car. You deserve it. You've worked so hard. Well, you've been, you've been in this community a long time. These people better give you, you the respect you deserve. Congregation, what do we deserve? Hell. Hell. If you want to walk around and say, hey, I deserve hell, you can do that. <laughs> Two thumbs up. You just, <laughs> I deserve hell. But because of my gracious God, I don't get what I deserve. We're not, all, we're not about karma. We don't like that. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. We don't get what we deserve because of Jesus. Jesus got what we deserve. It's incredible. Part of it is we have a misunderstanding. So this conflict happens. And here's what happens when this conflict hits. A couple things. We're called, when it concerning peace, do you know what we're supposed to be? Peacemakers. 
You remember Jesus talking about that? Blessed are the peacemakers. We're supposed to be peacemakers. A little, little book that I want to go through together as a congregation talks about this, though. What's interesting is we're called to be peacemakers. Many times, we're peace fakers. We're peace fakers. So what happens is we fake peace because we don't want the conflict. It's hard. Or I don't want to put the energy or the time towards it. So we retreat and we get away. Say, uh-uh. Or we just pretend, oh, hey, how are you doing? And guess what? Our relationships are not deep at all. Because when you go deep, you can't fake it. So we just... That's some of us. You're going to be the peace fakers today. <laughs> then there's peace breakers. Peace breakers. Those are the ones who say, oh, we're disagreeing? I'm going to win. It's going to be my way. It's going to be my way. And so we bully manipulate, say things. Sometimes we cover it, though. (laughs) I was just kidding. I was just kidding when I said that. I didn't really mean it. And we push people away so that way we get our way. That doesn't mean we compromise on truth to be a peacemaker. Listen to what, listen to a couple of these passages. I'm just going to summarize them for you of how we're supposed to handle these things. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called children of God. James 3.18 says, And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. According to Romans 12.18, as far as it depends on us, we're supposed to live in peace, as far as we can control it. 1 Peter 3.11 talks about us seeking peace. You hear that? It's active. Not just sitting back, especially when it comes to one another. Right? God didn't sit back, did he? Did he just leave us? No. He comes to pursue us, give us peace, have peace with him. We come to pursue one another, to have peace with one another. We seek it out. Hebrews 12, we strive for peace with everyone. Are we always going to have it on this earth? No. Some people aren't going to let us. You can go and you can do everything the way you're supposed to do it, and they're still going to say no, as far as it depends on you. You can't control other people's reactions. You're not supposed to. Romans 14.9 says we're to pursue this peace. What's amazing is if we follow what Jesus says, if we humble ourselves before one another, if we put other people's needs above our own, if we bear with one another, if we love that agape love we talked about before, if we love one another in a selfless way, for your good. Guess what happens? Peace. If we admit when we're wrong. I was wrong. Guys, in this church, in this community, in your lives, you're going to have problems. You are. How many right now, you know, we'll show you a hand. How many can think of one person that you have turmoil with? You have a lack of peace with somebody else. Anyone in here have that? Yeah. Yeah. We constantly have this. But again, it doesn't mean that those issues aren't going to come, but when they come, if we respond the right way, we are able to have peace with them because of the peace that we've been given with God. As long as this is right first, our vertical relationship with God, we have peace with Him, we're walking in step with the Spirit, then we can have this peace with others. 
You tracking with me so far? Good? Yes? All right. Let's go to the, the third and last one. The last one I want to talk about is we have peace with God, peace, we can have peace with one another, and just peace inside your soul. Now again, that should be connected to the first one, and it is. But ultimately, even as a Christian, I have some Christians in here this morning, you can say, I'm a Christian, but I don't, I don't always have peace deep down. I don't really feel that way sometimes. Turn to Colossians 3.15. Colossians 3.15. In this section, just to set the context for you, Paul is talking about putting on your new self. You have a new self now. You had your old self, now you have the new self. And he's talking about putting on the new self. And specifically, in verse 15... He says, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. What's interesting here is, and let the peace of Christ rule your hearts. That means there's actually something you have to do to be a part of it. And you have to allow it to happen. We were having a conversation earlier, and I think it was Dee who was mentioning that you know, God really blessed the Acts 1-8 this year. And she said, you know what? I'm just so thankful I did nothing, right? She said, I did nothing, which isn't completely true. But the Lord worked through her and others, and it was a, it was a neat year to see all these shoeboxes and things happen. And you know what she said? It's interesting. She said, next year, I'm going to think that I can do some of it on my own now because I have some experience, and it's going to fail because I'm going to get in the way. Here's the thing. We get in the way of letting ourselves have peace. Letting the peace of Christ rule our hearts. Here's the big idea. On this earth, the circumstances around us are going to continually be bad. They are. They have been. And they are. Until when? Until the king returns. Coming, right? Second coming. Until the second coming. That's what we're waiting on. It's going to continually be bad. Remember what we talked about with hope? The storms come. The wind, the waves, the lightning. Where's Jesus on the boat? Asleep. Think there's any peace going on there? Seems like it. The point is, yes, there will be a day that there's no more of this fighting, these wars, this sickness. That day is coming. But apparently we can have this peace now because we have God's Spirit. Not that we can stop those things, but we can be next to Jesus and have peace through these storms, through these circumstances. Starts with that vertical relationship with God, spreads to one another, and it goes deep inside where each day we need to be abiding. Listen to a few of these verses. Isaiah 26.3 says, Keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. I'm giving you the playbook. I'm telling you how you can have the peace of Christ rule your hearts. Keep your mind on God. Don't start worrying about the world. Keep your mind on God. 1 Peter 5.7 talks about us casting our cares upon Him because He cares for you. When these stressors come, when these relationships, these issues come, 
Cast him to Christ. Guess what? He's got big enough shoulders. He can handle it. Cast him to him. Romans 15, 13 says, the, May the God of hope fill you with peace. So that's going to come in conjunction with God's Spirit. Listen to Psalm 4, 8. In peace I will both lie down and sleep. For you alone, you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. Remember, God is not a God of confusion. He's a God of peace. Romans 8, 6 says, For to set the mind on the flesh is death. If you set your mind on the things of the flesh, the things of the world, it's death. But to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. Psalm 119, 165 says, There's great peace for those who love your law. Here's the encouragement. If you haven't made peace with God, if you haven't made your peace with God, if you haven't accepted God's peace that He offers through His Son, you start there. You do that today. You cry out to Him to save you. If you've done that, now you have God's Spirit inside of you. Here's what you have to do. You have to walk in step with the Spirit. How do you do that? You read His Word and you love His Word. You memorize His Word. You put His Word in your heart. You encourage one another with the Word. You listen to the Word. The Word. Last week, hope. Where does, where does hope come from? Encouragement from the Scriptures. All this is tied together, guys. It's coming from the Word. You pray. You talk to the Prince of Peace. You cast your anxieties and your fears on Him. And you walk together in unity and love. And you love one another well. If we do that, doesn't mean the storms around us are going to get any better. Yet. That day's coming. But what it does mean is we can have peace through that storm. I'm going to have Roy come on up here. I'm going to close this in prayer. We're going to have our time of invitation. Those ways are how you respond. Again, if you haven't trusted in Christ yet, you do that today. If you have trusted in Christ, but you just still don't have this, this, this peace in your soul, something's unsettled, repent of the fact that you probably, be honest with yourself, have you really been loving His Word, meditating on His Word, in His Word continually, praying, casting your fears in? Are you listening to the world? Don't listen to the world. They don't... Don't listen to the world. They don't have the answer. Only Jesus does. Let's go ahead and pray together. God of all grace, God of all peace, we are thankful that you are indeed the Prince of Peace, the Lord of Peace, the God of Peace. And we are thankful that we don't have to wait to have peace. We don't have to wait to have hope. Our hope is in you And as we hope in you, you overflow us. You rule our hearts with peace if we will allow you. I pray for my brothers and sisters in here. I pray if there's anyone in here who is yet to be a brother or sister in Christ because they haven't cried out to you, I pray they would do it now. They can come here or they can do it from their their seat. But Lord, if... if they've already done that, if everyone in here has done that, then I pray, Lord that you would help us all to understand peace in a new light today. Help us to have peace that surpasses all understanding that the world cannot understand. I pray for peace for my brothers and sisters today. 
We love you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.